I'm Batman. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm... I'm Andrew Baxter. Where's Alfred? <laughs> no, I... What is this? And this is... Puppies of Watermelon, but where, where's Copes? Oh shit, there I am. All right. It looks pretty interesting with Batman as a guy and Alfred Baxter. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very, very good. Coach, coach. Now, now you've demasked yourself. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. I've been here the whole time. Those listening at home, coach, join the call in a mask. Uh, I've had my danger coffee, and I am uh, as much as I can be. I guess I'm good to go. I had my second one. Um, just in spirit of you, just to know what you feel like, and uh, to be in in the right frame of mind. So. You're welcome. I'm pretty jack jacked up, really. Oh, it's uh. I mean, I I knew you didn't make it this time, but that's. <laughs> I was wondering. That's, that's well, having to get up this early, it shouldn't really be a problem. So I haven't got much of an excuse to hide behind, other than um, my I assume my alarm went off and uh, sleepy Andrew went. That's nice and turned it off. I'll look. I'll do a quick update in Mark's Miracle Mornings. Uh, it's not happening. Uh, Is it not? <laughs> I had a great little routine going, and now I wake up at quarter past eight, roll out of bed, have a shower, go to work. That's it. There's no, it's it's too cold. It's too hard. I didn't sign up for this. You must have done pretty well to start off with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's the summer. Like uh, I was, it was fine during the during the sunny times, but now that it's cold, so maybe you're just at the peak too. Like maybe this is it'll start getting better for you now. But you've just been through like hibernation times. You say that it's got pretty hot here already time of recording is june we're only about two weeks away from midsummer i think here which means that it's getting light um around four o'clock that's early oh sorry a bit closer to five but yeah so it's getting sun sunrises before five o'clock at the moment fortunately however we have curtains oh. so therefore i don't have to worry about that the curtains must be nice they are they keep the van warm so it's been a, been a while between drinks and i actually i sent you a, <laughs> i sent you a message the other the other week i'm like uh so what's uh what's happening with Baxter? Because the the thought suddenly hit me, you know, I've had, I haven't heard from him a couple of weeks, and I'm like, he's probably, you know, they're coming out of their lockdowns. He's probably got in a car. He hasn't driven his car in a long time. He's probably had an accident. He's probably in hospital. Probably gonna have to send flowers over there. I'll just send a courtesy message on Slack just to like say how hospital is. But <laughs> you've been a busy man. You're, you're very kind. That your, your first assumption was, oh, he's probably hurt himself as opposed to <laughs> what actually happened, which was I just hadn't got around to it. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, the last episode we recorded in early April. Something like that. I think. And then I managed to get the first edit to you before the end of the month. In fact, I even managed to work on it in the van for a bit because Whoa. we had a lovely week away in the Peak District in the van. So I managed to get an office day in the van. Great times. Really? Office day went well? Like for, for work? No, no, not, not for work work. Ah, for fun I work. Mean, for, 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 for fun work, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I sent you a picture, didn't I? Yes. Of uh, my view. I had a great view from the office. And then May happened and I can't really tell you what happened in May or why I didn't get around to finishing... The episode, like, it's been a really odd time here where things are opening back up. Although just yesterday it was announced that we're delaying the next set of uh, stuff opening up, which makes sense because cases are going up. Fortunately, the vaccination program has gone quite well, mm -hmm. uh, including I am now I've I'm now post one single jab. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I've had it. I had it over a week ago, so I think that gives me what sixty percent. Efficacy or something. I don't know. And how was it? Did you did you have any reaction or what's the? 
I had the Pfizer jab and I think my reaction was I was tired and headachey for a day. That was about it. Although I was also very dehydrated because as mentioned, it suddenly got hot in the UK. So, uh, we, Despite having spring kind of didn't really bother um, this year. March, April and May were all quite cold and miserable. May especially was damp and every, the high every day was 15 degrees. It was really odd that the weather was so consistently crud. Um, even though that's what the reputation is for the weather in the UK. But it went from, yes, 15 degrees flat. Like It's going to be raining in 15 degrees. It was that for about three weeks every day. And then, boom, 24 degrees. Which, in uh, in conversion from England temperatures to Australian temperatures, it might as well have been 50 degrees. You guys are uh, panicked. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's a struggle. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Even, yeah, 26 degrees here is... I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with that. We had uh, an actual... Ch- uh, I'd like to say competitive match, but that's but the caveat is that on Saturday, so on Saturday we're actually allowed to play competitive ultimate again. But there's a big caveat: we're not allowed to have big weekend tournaments anymore, um, at least for the short term, because they don't want to have huge amounts of people driving long distances to meet up with lots of other people. And you have to play with two frisbees, like each team it plays offense at the same time, because you can't change like both handle the same disc. I understand. So when we first started returning to play, which was Around about March, the first stage was like, you can play, you can train again, but you can't have anyone marking anyone. You can't stand within three meters of anyone. Uh, and like, all you can do is throw to each other. Oh, and by the way, you should only free throw into the same four or so people to try and split your train. It was like, it was nice to be out of the house uh-huh. and to finally be seeing people again. But it was. It was a bit. <laughs> let's call it what it is. Let's just go to the park and throw a frisbee with a mate. Let's not. Uh, let's not try and pretend we're having games here. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. And we they and, and but also we're meeting up as thirty people to train together, which was the, the limit of how many people could start to train together. But we couldn't even congregate as six people in outdoors at the time. Shortly after we started, we could join up groups of six outdoors. But it's been really odd. Like the people I've seen most out in the last three months are frisbee players because a lot of other people I, I'm not allowed haven't been allowed to go see uh-huh. can't go meet people indoors now we can but I haven't I haven't gone to see anyone yet I, I like the idea of like potentially COVID um, affecting the rules of the game like when you said only six people could congregate like you could still play with a team of seven but one person couldn't be involved in the team chats they had to stand <laughs> like 10 meters away from the group and just uh play. like there's all sorts of new adaptions we could play here we are having to change how we play so we've now returned actual competitive ultimate so we're allowed to have fixtures against other squads but we're not allowed to stall stalling has to be done from the sideline is it what which is really so we you just have to nominate someone each point both teams nominate someone and just have like they're doing our stall count so they just stand on the sideline and they just shout out the stalk. And no one defends the uh, disc. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, you're allowed to that's that's like you're allowed to mark because you can't you can't mark someone without being close to them. So you're allowed to if this if, is if funny. In the, in the process of marking someone, you might go within one meter of them. So someone just but counts you, from the sideline. But you can't be set yeah, you can't be saying anything whilst stood next to so someone. So the, there's no trash talking to the person on the disc. There's no like, you have to hold your breath when you're defending. And <laughs> and you. there's oh also a load of other things about saying, try and 
make sure that if you're going to make a call, step away from the person first. No one remembers this. Oh, boy. Does it get to a moment like this is how I felt? I mean, this is we're talking about one sport, but I'm sure this would be applying to a lot of sports in that because that sounds like that was handled very differently to how we do. We had all sorts of interesting rules as well, but not certainly not counting from the sideline. But um, like countries can can more or less do the right do the same thing as each other because um, there's less of them. But when you're talking about like amateur sport clubs in different countries, it's going to be so varied about how it all handled. And I don't know, like, I kind of wished, let's just, let's just hang out for a little longer. Like, it's kind of, it's a bit weird, like all the, all the things you have to do. It's odd for us because we're there whinging about not being able to do certain things, but then there'll be some people playing rugby across the way, you know, on the other side of the meadows and they're going, and they're only allowed to play tag rugby. They're not allowed to play rugby like properly uh-huh. at all. Uh-huh. Um, so... <laughs> when you complain and then go, oh, well, at least we're not like that. Yeah, so things are big changes since the last recording for you. I was mostly joking before, but it was good to hear because I, I figured, oh, I hear UK's out of it. So he's, he's I, did you get to go on some road trips? It sounded like you had that one with the, the van. Yeah, we've been on a couple actually. We've gone, so that was, that one was to the Peak District. And since we've been to South Wales a couple of times where we're getting used to wild camping. And I tell you what, once you've done it a couple of times, just pulling up on the side of the road and just getting in the back of the van and going to sleep, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, well, to start off with, when we were going out in the van, we were like, let's go get a campsite because I want to make sure that we've got somewhere to stay. Um, and we just would stay in a couple, like, uh, we might stay in the van somewhere randomly on the way to or from somewhere, mm-hmm. but we weren't really staying in the van once we were there. We always wanted to have have a plan. As the more we've been out, the more we got used to just going, oh, no, we're just going to find... So open up a, we've got a couple of apps that have where people pin places that they like to stay. Nice. Um, we have booked ourselves a campsite this weekend as a change, but that's, it's definitely a lot easier now to just feel like, oh no, we'll just go and find a park spot like in an industrial state once, which was not too pleasant, but worked for going somewhere else. We've stayed in some forest car parks. One night we stayed, actually no, we on two separate occasions, we spent a night up in the Brecon Beacons, there, um, the mountains in South Wales. That was that was great. We just up out in the middle. It was a lot cooler. I could tell you that much when you're higher up. Is the van? What's the van update? Is it is it done or is it going to be never it's, done? <laughs> it's it's falling very much into the never done category. Yeah. But it's a lot better. We now have I've put the solar charger in properly. Um, we've got uh, the heater broke and we had to get it replaced, but that ha- now has been replaced. Which it was a real shame because it was a brand new heater. We had to take it back to people who put it in. And like it's just not working. They were having a look at it and couldn't work out what's going on. It got to the point where they had it just on the bench, like they had the heater on the bench, working, like just plugged it in from there and said go. And the heater went, I'm overheating. And it said, No, you're not. You're on a bench, not running. You're definitely not overheating. So they said, Yeah, we'll give you a new one. So we got a new one, which we then had some problems with last week no a couple weekends ago last weekend so that was worry when we're going this is a brand new heater that was, that's now complaining about it's overheating but I did eventually manage to get it to start again but guess what we haven't needed it since oh. um, what with it being British summer now so it's muggy and hot at night but that's it's uh, well I'm trying to think of other stuff that we've got done on it but it's, the list isn't very long because we've been using it so what's uh, I've been thinking about this lately how 
I've got a list of uh, things that I need to buy, say for the bike or for the office or something. And I'm thinking, okay, I got a, a growing list of things that I got to buy online and maybe from the same online store or something like that. And I hesitate because shopping for a thing now is not a simple thing for me because I want to see all the options. I want to compare them. I want to find the best value, but the best quality item. I want to make the best decision on, I don't know, whatever it is, something dumb, like a hammer. Like I need the best hammer for quite like, obviously I'm not buying a hammer, but you know what I mean? Like, so there's 10 things I need to buy, but it's going to take me 10 hours because I need the best of all of them. And it takes forever. Like when you were getting stuff for the van, were you, uh, was it easy for you to buy stuff or did it take, um, a lot of research to decide on which solar thing to to buy. Uh, it depends. And with the example of the solar panel, I can tell you I did not do enough research because I mm -hmm. had to go back and buy a different solar charger, which is now in. But that's an example where I went probably didn't put enough research in and took uh, had to go back and buy it again. Some stuff's been pretty easy where it's just like, what do we want? We want something this size. Great. That's it. Boom. Buy it. But for example, what do you think that is? Oh, it's a cassette tape with a... No, it's not. <laughs> I have no idea. It's not a cassette tape. It is a bike mount. So you put the... It's basically just a quick-release axle, but you bolt that to the floor. Right. And then you put the front wheel on... Oh, the frame, like without the wheel on it? Yeah, you take the front wheel off the bike. This is, a, this is like a quick-release axle in a tube basically that I can fix right. to the floor so that when we want to put our bikes in, we don't have to have them just lying on the floor and hoping they don't slide around too much. Yeah. Getting those alone took several months because I knew about these. I knew this was an idea. I knew it existed. And I, the only place I could find them really was on Amazon where I wasn't too keen to buy them from. But even then I couldn't really find the type I wanted, which is I wanted some that can take normal quick release through axles for um road bikes and also change it over to work for a mountain bike because they have different type of uh, axles eventually i happened it turns out it's a good thing i wasted because i don't think these the company that makes these ones i've got which i'm really happy with i don't think that company existed when i started looking for them mm. um so that's how long it took to find that <laughs> companies have been born and raised yeah and we're now well over a, we're coming up to 18 months of having the van now and it's still not done, which for a six month project, uh, it's, it's probably, probably about on, probably about on brand with me. Yeah. I think you've done really well to get to where you are. Like even, even just going somewhere, like I would be so slow trying to convert something like that. I'd have no idea what, what to do. How has everything been in sunny, sunny Australia where you, or even Western Australia where I don't, I think you had to, didn't you have to suffer the shock of an extra five-day lockdown or something? Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, five days in and five days with masks then completely back to normal. Yeah, it's like uh, it's as if it doesn't exist at the moment. Um, I think what's the what's the thing? We haven't really had an out. Like uh, it mostly happens from quarantine hotels. Like, um, you know, someone's in there for 14 days and then after they're out, they find out that they're infectious and then there's a bit of panic for where they've been the last couple of days. Um, but apart from that, I think they, they've they been rolling out. Uh, I, th I think now my age bracket can now schedule appointments for, um, I think it's the Pfizer. So it's, because uh, I, I don't think we had that for the longest time. And then 
there were all sorts of, I'm not sure if it was worldwide headlines or Aussie headlines where like, I think they're saying stuff about uh, one of them for certain age groups. I don't know, a bit of AstraZeneca. Uh, it looks like it'll by the end of the year or, or next year. I don't think it's been as, um, I haven't felt the need to jump to it like maybe other countries um, because we haven't, hasn't really been pushed on us much just because our country's rel done relatively well and not affected. Mm. Um, so I'm very happy for other countries to, like I'm happy for it to be hard for us to get the stuff basically, like if other countries get sorted that need it first. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure all friends and and family will be getting done soon enough. Do you, when's the second one for you? Is it scheduled in? Uh, it's scheduled in August. August. It's quite a big gap between jabs at the moment. I got this message the other day, and uh, I w I want you to just tell me what what your reaction is if you got this message. Oh, this is from um my bank. Uh, well, bank. I have an account with somehow still. Please be aware of scammers posing as the bank fraud team asking customers uh, to share their one-time pin OTP over the phone. Like, oh, that's interesting. I've been getting a lot of spam calls lately. So that's interesting. Uh, blank, uh, the bank, will uh, will never ask you for this. I'm like, okay, this is one of those things where they don't ask you for one thing or the other. If you have fallen victim to a scam, please contact our fraud team immediately on 1300 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not falling for this game. It says, <laughs> please be aware of, of people posing as the fraud team. If you have fallen victim, call our fraud team on this number. This is 100% bad, bad work by the fraud team. Like that is, <laughs> it's pretty much saying that they're, they're the fraud team. The, sorry, the scammers. I feel, yeah. I, I think they could have done, well, I mean, they might as well say, here's the number you can call us on. But I probably would have before that said, why don't you look us up on the website and not actually give you a link? Just like, why don't you go and find our number properly and then call that? <laughs> it would be a well, yeah. That is, I mean, there's there's no good way of doing it because if they said that, you'd be like, God damn it, now I have to search for it. It's it's just yeah. funny, funny way of saying it. Well, I got uh, just a phone call through to the house phone because my local GP, I've never really needed to use them. So they've just had the house phone since, I guess, since we moved here in, tw in 2000. Um so I, but the, no, I've now updated them on my mobile number. My girlfriend, who moved to the area recently, she gave them a mobile number, my mobile number, when she moved here. So she did get a text message. Although I first of all read it and I was just like, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> it said, it was, um, oh, here's, here's, you're ready to book your vaccine. Please go to, and then the URL was so suspicious. Uh -huh. It was like NHS. Uh, no, something NHS vaccine.nhs slash external contractor sixty three or something. Oh boy, um, I yeah. can't remember. What, I can't remember what the actual term was. Um, and first of all, I was like, so I laughed and said, "Oh, you just you just been sending a spam message." Um, and then looked into it. I was like, "Oh no, apparently that is the link." And this is when people were being told, "Look out for people doing scams on vaccines and stuff." And uh -huh. get if you get messages, report them here. And I have a feeling they're getting a lot of people reporting the legit messages saying this is suspicious as hell. Yeah, isn't it funny how spam, like we no longer get tricked about spam, but unfortunately we think all things are spam. I've been getting a lot of phone calls recently from numbers very similar to my own number, and I know that they're not legit. <laughs> Dear Andrew, this is your grandma. Bullshit. This is not my grandma. <laughs>
She doesn't have a phone. <laughs> yeah. That's the level of scammers now. It must be working on some people for them to bother doing it. Mm -hmm. I've got a game. Would you like to play a game? I'd love to play a game. Let's do it. Because usually we, we got a game listed and it like it we end up doing it the last five minutes because we run out of town. So I figured, oh, let's be proactive. <laughs> All right. So this game is uh, it's a game of Rotten Tomatoes. And we've, we've sort of done the Rotten Tomatoes thing before, I believe. In the very first episode, I think. Was it? Oh, okay. So it's like, um, but I've, I've tried to, I've been thinking about the rules of how to do this. And, and Rotten Tomatoes is like a review website. And so they've got every movie is, it's, I guess it's like IMDb. Does IMDb, yeah, they do ratings, don't they? I think they have ratings on them. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes has two ratings. It has the critics review and then the people, the audience review. And the critics, it seems to get a, you know, a few hundred, but the, the people's review get thousands. And I think that's a more accurate thing because uh, critics, uh, who cares about critics? And so this, uh, this is going to be about the audience thing. So just keep that in mind with your your answers and because- uh, This is the audience score. Is, yes, the audience. So, but thousands of reviews for every movie. and. Uh, and basically, I'm going to give you five questions. And I'm going to give you two movies, and you're going to choose which one uh, was better. Which one scored better in the audience score? That's correct. Are you ready, Baxter? I'm ready. Question one: The first Transformers movie in 2007, or Star Wars Episode One? So the first movie of either series. But they're both <laughs> right, so they're both not very popular. But people who like them really like them, like the kind of people who apparently are funding. I think is it the ninth Fast and Furious is coming out. I oh, see, man. There are so many. This is what's fueled this. There are so many movies about to come out in like 2021, 2022. I'm beyond excited. I've I've been seeing quite a few. I'll t there's a couple that we'll talk about in a moment. Yes. Um, uh, so is Transformers or The Phantom Menace scored higher by the audience? I I think I'm going to say that Transformers is scored higher because The Phantom Menace is notoriously polarizing as to how good it is. Because obviously a lot of people who have like anything else to do with Star Wars say it's so different and we don't like it. But I do also know that the prequels have a massive, their own massive following now. No, I reckon that's going to pull it, like The Phantom Menace is going to be around 50%. And Transformers is going to be a little bit higher. Okay. Final answer. That's my final answer. Yeah. Transformers. So I'll give you a quick summary of uh, how the critics are there. Well, the snapshot of the movie. So Transformers say, while believable characters are hard to come by in Transformers, valid, the effects are staggering and the action is exhilarating. Which I'd probably agree with. And Star Wars was burdened by exposition and populated with stock characters the phantom menace gets the star wars prequels off to a bumpy albeit visually dazzling start and you are correct the transformers got 85 percent by the audience Ooh. and star wars got 59 percent i mean they're both higher than i was expecting yeah especially the transformers i didn't expect that, that to be that much interestingly by the critics it's about the same about 50 odd percent i'm feeling that with the Transformers films, like it's the first Transformers film, like the first Star Wars film, everybody loves because that was the benchmark. Like if you don't, if you didn't like the first Star Wars film, you don't have a horse in the race. You don't really care. Mm -hmm. But for the pre, you know, for any any film made after that, there's people who have an interest that may not like the film, so therefore that's going to bring it down. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling that if you've got more of them, I'm going to say most of the time the sequel is going to do less, but 
is less well than than any original. Uh huh. And also the fa- simple fact that if the first one doesn't do well, there probably is no sequel. So uh, <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> excited to see Transformers. All right, that was a good deduction. You pretty much nailed the Star Wars one, and probably were just a bit surprised about the, how good Transformers were. I was surprised how big the gap was. I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's 1%, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pick movies that are similar topics, but uh, unknown with percentage. All right, number question two. You're currently winning. Um, question yeah. two is between DC and Marvel. So we got Batman versus Superman and Captain America Civil War. So that was the one between Iron Man and Captain America. This is a similar thing in that Captain America Civil War is the better film. But, but more people are going to have something to say about it because the unstoppable, ju- unstoppable juggernaut that is the MCU has stirs up a lot of people. Like a lot of people resent it because it's so big. Mm. Whereas Batman versus Superman, whilst it was notoriously a flop, I feel like less people are going to be inclined to go onto a website to rank it down because they don't like it. Just a quick side note: Did you watch the? four-hour um, director's cut of Justice League. Oh, Justice League? No, I haven't even seen the first Justice ah. League. I, I just want to say, like, people haven't... Like, so they released the movie. This is oh, completely derailing, but we'll, we'll get back to where we were. The Justice League was like the Avengers of DC, and they released their movie. And apparently, midway through, the director's daughter got really sick, and so he had to leave the project. And the director has a huge influence in the taste of a movie and the, just how it's presented. And this this other guy comes in and he's, I don't know, I, I don't know anyone's names. I'm just telling the story. <laughs> and I believe it was Zack Snyder was the original director and then Joss Whedon came in. Oh, there we go. And so he, Whedon has the hard job of trying to take over uh, someone's crumbs and make a good biscuit out of it. And maybe he's not even a biscuit person, but he has to be, right? And so... I'm pretty good at making metaphors on the spot. Anyway, so I, just, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> the movie comes out and it's like not a tasty biscuit at all. And Zack Snyder's like afterwards, like, man, but I'm, I was really looking forward to my biscuit. I know you guys had yours, but I was really looking forward to mine. And so during the COVID, they said, all right, look, we'll give you back. We, we crumbled up Whedon's biscuit. Here are all the ingredients again. Look, we'll even make some more chalk chips. So what they did, they filmed a couple of extra scenes. They redid the special effects. They redid a whole bunch of um, what's the word? All, all the music. I think is all new. The soundtrack's new, and they is pretty it? much said, "Hey, like if you got to make your movie, how would it look?" And there's no boundaries, and so it's it's got elements of the first one, well, probably a lot of elements. I, I've been a while between viewings of the two, but the movie's like four hours long, and you ain't never seen a, a Hollywood level movie go for so long and have so much content because they could, because this was like a, a DLC for a movie. It was like an add on. And it was just a, a cool concept to have happened because he said, like, if I get to make my movie, I get to make it how I want, like uh, as many hours it is. But so interestingly, like, uh, so he's taken different decisions. But the interesting thing is his director's cut version is not canon. So whatever happens in his in the universe doesn't stay permanent. It's just this like alternate storyline. So for future DC movies, it's back to the original because that was the official one. So interesting decision. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting they've said that, yeah, because that feels like they've said, okay, you've all had your fun now, but we feel like there's not much money in that version, so we're going to go back to what yeah. we had before. I, I don't see why that's such an issue. 
So anyway, oh, okay. it, yeah, it's a, I just was pretty fascinated about the story, but I'd recommend watching Justice League and then watching the second one or just watching the second one. I don't know, but uh, it's, um, <laughs> you don't want to watch the same scenes twice, but I just, it's never been done before where they, they remake it and just throw tens of millions of dollars or maybe hundreds. I'm not sure to like not to that level, redo it and just release it on stream, which is cool. Is Captain America Civil War higher ranked by the audience than I know that Batman vs Superman was panned by the critics. I wonder if this is going to be another one where it's the wrong way around. Like I think that the Civil War is a lot better because Batman vs Superman's a bit all over the place. There is there more people who want to hate on the MCU than people who want to hate on the DC. Mm, who's got the more haters? I'm going to go with what I think. Right, I think that Civil War is ranked higher than Batman vs Superman. Okay, final answer is that. Uh, correct answer is Civil War. Correct. You are two points Excellent. in. So uh, Captain America got uh, pretty much from both audience and critics about 90% and uh, pretty much saying uh, they said decidedly non-cartoonish plot and courage to explore thought-provoking themes. I don't remember the themes, but uh, apparently there was. Uh, so the themes about whether or not... You- Superheroes should be regulated. Oh, that's true. Which was, wasn't that the same as DC? Wasn't that what they were? Anyway, and uh, Batman <laughs> Superman uh, got from the critics 29%. But interestingly, from the audience, 63%. So the audience did like it more, much more than the critics. Um, what they say here, a pot- potentially powerful story with iconic superheroes in a grim effects-driven world. So they kind of thought the plot didn't carry it through. But uh, I think as much as we, um, as, as much as, as fun as it is to say that film critics are out of touch and don't really know what makes a good film, I think they are better at being objective and actually like, saying, a fi- this, this, they seem to, I think they're better at saying when a film is okay. Mm-hmm. They're, they're better when they're going, well, it's got good bits and it's got bad bits. Whereas the average Joe on the street is far more likely to say, I loved it or I hated it, or uh-huh. like, they're like, they might at one point completely change their opinion of it. Whereas a film critic might say, well, it was pretty good apart from the direction in this scene, at which point. So I'll bring it down. I'll give it 76%. And yeah. they'll actually put some thought into that. Whereas everyone else is just like a hundred or zero. You could, you could almost say like critics vote with their head and audience votes with their heart, you know? Yeah. But my, my argument like is yeah. which one are they both immune? Like, Who's affected by other people's thoughts? So like when a movie's released and the first review comes out, that's the that's the person you want to ask, right? So like when I went to the cinema to watch Batman v Superman with some friends and we came out, I, I just, you know, in the foyer about to talk about the movie and I was like grinning ear to ear and I was turned to someone and I was about to say like, what did you think? And like the friend that was number one fan was like, it was shit. And I was like, did not see that coming. <laughs> did not see that coming. I thought it was great. And I thought we were going to have a great old yarn about how good the special effects were and all the dreams and stuff. And yeah, everyone said it was bad. I was like, man, like if if I had been a critic and I had got my voice out there first, I'd be flamed. There's always going to be some people who disagree with films or don't like them. Uh, Famously, superhero films don't do well with critics because critics say, oh, well, it's just a load of Uh old tap. But I feel like that's... If that's what you're aiming for, uh-huh. if you want if you want to make a cheesy superhero film and then you make a cheesy superhero film, well, and you've nailed it. Yeah, you, you've done exactly what you set out to do. Like they, they don't criticize children's TV show for big. Well, you know, I think that the uh, the dialogue's a bit basic and um, 
the themes are a, a bit derivative. You go, yes, because it's for children. They're trying to teach them how to count to 10. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, so this third question, it's a bit out of uh, – so we've been following themes because they're all movies that – well, four of, four of the five ones are like, like blockbuster-style movies. This one uh, – One's about stealing a bobsled and one's about stealing a plane. So we're looking at Cool Runnings versus Con Air. Oh, but Cool Runnings is such a good film and Con Air is not. <laughs> I really want to watch it again. That's the problem. Like, Con Air is peak Nick Cage in that he's so awful that you don't know why he's on the screen. But also, I it's, it's, you don't take him seriously. <laughs> It'd be great to see a review of a film over time, like when things become cult hits and like they they bomb and then they become super successful. So, you know, like Shawshank Redemption. Ah, okay, true. But Cool Runnings, great movie. It's loved by many. It's going to score really well in audience score. I don't think it's going to score as well in um, critic score. Uh, it's absolute peak nineties. Whereas Con Air. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people who like it because for the reasons that I say I like films, uh, just because I can't, just because I don't like it doesn't mean there's, oh, because I want to, so I want to say that Con Air has scored higher, not because I think it should, but because I'm disappointed in the state of people and they, I assume people have they said that They continue to disappoint you year in, year out. <laughs> That's, that's that's basically it. I'm just going to I'm just going to assume that I'm going to be disappointed, and say Conair has the higher score. The correct answer is it was pretty close, eighty one percent to seventy five percent. The winner is Cool Runnings. Oh God! One point to cope. So I'm still in it. Still in it. So uh, interestingly, with oh, the stats, just... what they say here, Conair won't win any awards for believability, but all involved <laughs> seem cheerfully aware of it making some of the blockbuster actions outing's biggest flaws fairly easy to forgive. That's interesting. Uh, the critics didn't like that at 50%. So the critics um, were pretty harsh, but the audience were moderately happy. But the cool runnings uh, were both pretty much in ingredients. Uh, it rises above the formulaic sports movie themes with charming performances, light humour and uplifting tone. So almost should have stuck with your gut, that one. I, mean, I loved cool runnings. It's such a good film. Uh, question four. So it's Captain Marvel versus Wonder Woman. Mm, female v again. female. Woman v woman. Lady v lady. I'm pretty sure Wonder Woman was a lot more popular than Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel was seen as shoehorned in just before Endgame and it felt rushed. And not only that, it felt very similar to Captain America. But uh, it depends how much how much you want to think about whether or not they were intentionally saying this is basically the same backstory. We're going to have things in very similar ways. But then Wonder Woman, I think Wonder Woman came out first, didn't it? So Wonder Woman would have struck first with the oh look, we're doing a female superhero. Oh, I think it's Wonder Woman scored higher on that one. The critics say. Uh, Wonder Woman is more popular at 93% versus 79%. The audience says Wonder Woman is correct. Excellent. Is better. You are you're correct there. Uh, it's so hard to keep score of like what the actual thing is, what Baxter th says, what the score <laughs> is. I'm not good at this game. But yeah, uh, the, audience, the audience did not like Marvel. They agree with you. 45%. That's quite low. And Wonder Woman got 83%. I didn't realise it was 
so well received. I kind of thought it was the opposite. I will admit, I do like Wonder Woman's character. But Captain, yeah, I think Captain Marvel was, um, I think it was pushed too quickly. I, I kind of agree with you. Like uh, they kind of needed it in the storyline. And so they had their idea of when they were releasing them and they kind of needed it to come out to make sense for the, for the final movies, didn't they? Yes. All right. Uh, question number five. This is the final one. Ooh. And I'm hoping it'll be a hard one. It is, since we've been going themes, they've been kind of similar style movies. We've had the, the verses, the stealing stuff, the females, the episode ones. Now we're <laughs> going to go the final episodes. This one is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker or Avengers Endgame. Ooh. Two huge franchises. Big finales. Being wrapped up. But not really, because they're always going to make more. <sighs> yeah, but that's what this this comes back to the same thing I said before. Where if you mm-hmm. have, if you use the audience vote, then everyone's kind, like everyone just votes all oh, team. And if it either they say this film is exactly what I wanted, and therefore they give it a hundred percent, and they ignore all its flaws, or they go it's not exactly what I had in mind, and therefore it is terrible. It's based on a hundred thousand votes. Uh, um. Rise of the Skywalker was the premise was wasn't wasn't great. I don't think for Rise of the Skywalker because they cheapened everything they've done. And if they'd had, a, if they'd started the entire trilogy actually having it a plan for what they're going to do over the whole thing, then it probably would have come out a lot better. That, I, I, I don't know if you've heard of the leaked script that they had or the leaked idea they had for the original story, which mm-hmm. sounded so mm-hmm. much better. Um, As in, like he's like, if this ever becomes a nine movie series, this is how it will end, or. Yeah, I think when they started the sequel trilogy, they had a plan for what was going to happen in the third one, and it was different to what the actually happened, shall we say. First of all, Palpatine didn't come back. Um, spoilers. Uh, but Or Endgame, because Endgame was very good, but then again, it also had things that people didn't expect. There was some, there was a, quite a lot of fan service, and generally speaking, that tends to them down on this thing because people go oh well i w- was enjoying it until they did this thing where lots of women turned up and did a thing or oh i would have enjoyed it if they hadn't had so much obvious callbacks to the original uh, um but they're both gonna have done okay because they're both very well liked films i'd love but, to uh, see you on a tv game show they were like, and <laughs> we'll cut to an ad break and we'll be back with Max's answer. <laughs> just sat, I just sat in the corner, just much into myself going, it's, right, I'm just going to make a guess. I, I'm going to go with what I think. Captain America scored better. Uh, not Captain America, Endgame. I think Endgame scored better than Rise of the Skywalker. Well, the critics, they, uh, they did not like Star Wars, 50%. But everyone else liked everything else. So apart from the critics for... Uh, Star Wars. So it was a close race and Star Wars from the audience got 86%. Can you believe it? That surprised me. Avengers Endgame got 90%. It was uh, definitely the winner in the end. So Baxter gets four and Copes gets four. I thought I could trick you on more, but congratulations. That was uh, well deduced. Avengers Endgame was, was, uh, was the best of the list. Surprisingly, like it pretty much got the same score as Civil War, which I thought of Endgame would be would be miles above, but they both got I about ninety percent. There's like a, a a limit. There's a ceiling to how well a film can do, just because the more popular it gets, mm-hmm. the more people is are going to come in and just say it wasn't it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So therefore, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then if you go to like some, there'll be loads of indie films out there where not many people have reviewed them, but they're really good. So therefore they get only get people who are bothering to say nice right. things about it. So they do really well. So there's definitely a case of big block, big blockbusters, generally speaking, get pulled down. I see what you're saying, yeah. Everyone goes, oh, well, it's just a big blockbuster. It's just lots of explosions. And then the film studios are going, yeah, but we made bank on it. So we're going to keep on making them. I've had a couple of, like, about three people in the last month that I've talked to, they all, they watch their movies based on IMDb ratings, and they have an exact decimal point that they'll watch movies above. I can't remember what it was. I think one said it was like 7.2. And for some reason, that was his number that uh, above was he would watch it, and below, for some reason, over the years, he's, but he was very sure of this number. And I thought that was interesting. I, I don't base what I watch based on a rating. But I did hear one time this person said, uh, you ask someone what they think, and if they give you the answer seven, it's a bullshit answer. And so if you make someone rate between six or eight, that tells you whether they like it or not. And I thought that was very accurate because eight is a positive and six is definitely not so good. So uh, if you ever hear someone say yeah. a seven, you call them out and you ask them their real their real answer. It's like seven. I go. I don't. I don't think I. Like, I don't like it, but I want to be nice. Or mm-hmm. seven. I liked it, but I think I'm going to get judged if I say I like it. So. Yeah, like this. This fence seems comfortable to sit on. Here I am. Rating systems are always ambiguous, and they work much better if you have something like thumbs up, thumbs down. But even then, like, what do you do for? Well, it was okay. Uh-huh. But when you have out of ten, like, out of ten, should it be ten is the best film that's ever made, and one is this is the worst film ever made, at which point most films are going to be above average because mm-hmm. a, a lot of there's some real tass out there which brings the average down. Or is it going to be one is there was nothing like I've marked it down on these couple of things, but there's worse out there, or 10 is going to be... Coming soon near you, uh, Baxter's social media platform where the liking system is more nuanced. <laughs> You've got, uh, I really like that post, or no, I think you're fishing for attention, or I'm not DMing you. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of different right, ranges. It would work a lot better. Yeah, I, I like maybe if we could have like a, a social media platform where instead of likes, you can have things like, hmm, needs more work. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you check for typos before pressing enter? Or like, how fat are your fingers? Are you finding that as you as typos become more prevalent that you just start to ignore them now? What do you mean? I don't do typos. I know what you mean. Uh, and the, the amount of emails that I get from like big companies and they'll send you an email and then like a minute later they'll be they'll send you another email like oh by the way that big announcement email we did we put the wrong link in like this is the actual one <laughs> like who are you fact like get someone to check you your email yeah. like it's your most important launch email and you've got the link wrong what's going on yeah that's it's, it's not excusable for things like emails but well i say generally emails if if it's if, it, if, if you're doing something professionally, you should be checking your spelling. But I found that increasingly in like group chats and things, when I put a uh, typo in now, I'm not correcting them every time like I used to. It used to be any uh-huh. kind of typo of any kind, even if the meaning was obvious, uh-huh. I would still put the little asterisk and still correct what I'm doing. And now it's getting to the point of me going, ah, oh, close enough. My, my favorite story that I've heard was a, a kid had changed her mum's like uh, uh, answers. Like, so the dictionary basically changed the dictionary from no to yes. So he asked, like, can I go to my mate's place? And she typed no. And when she clicks send, it changes to yes. And he's like, yes. Yeah. Oh, thanks, mum. She's like, God damn it, spell check. I meant yes. <laughs> that every time she says, she's like, yes. Why can't I say yes? Here's what I just thought about this with critics. Like, I wonder if 
it could have existed where instead of giving a critical score, it was about endorsements. So you've got like reviewer A, reviewer B, instead of critic A, critic B, it's reviewer A, you're called a reviewer. And if you liked the film, you said you endorsed it. And if you didn't, you didn't say a damn thing. And so like uh, when you want to see how well a movie went, you see who liked it and you see which uh, which reviewing sites said this was a great film and you form your judgment based on that. It's kind of like saying which of your friends enjoyed the movie and think I'll probably like it because Baxter likes it. So I think there's room for that kind of um, endorsement system rather than a positive negative. It's just like who says it's positive and let's f- kind of form my own opinion based on, I don't know, that was a random thought I had, but form your, form your opinion based on who likes it. Whilst we're on the topic of films and you alluded to it earlier saying a lot of stuff's coming out now. Mm because everyone's been pushing back their releases. Yes. Uh, I've, been, we were, well, I've been watching quite a few films recently in the uh, cinemas because they've been opening up. Uh, and any any excuse to get out of the house these days. And I watched one. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen Nomadland? No. Uh, it's very good. It, I, much as I don't like to use critics to just point out, just, I'd like to not hide behind other people saying mm-hmm. a film is good for me to say it's good. But it won the Oscar for Best Picture. Oh. No madly. And it's Frances McDermott. Uh, she's playing a person who ha- is living in her van, but I, but she didn't really choose uh, that life. And it's very, very good. It's rather depressing, but it's uh, we went to watch it uh, and it was, <laughs> we're going to watch it and we're thinking, oh, look, it's a, it's a film about people living in vans. This is going to be fun. We want to do that. And then we're looking at it and going, we would not like that type of van life, please. Oh, boy. We will order not living by ourselves Oh. And uh, have chatting to people about suicide, but it's um, yeah, I I would very much recommend that film. No Madland. No Madland. Okay, if you get up. a chance to go see it, another mention goes to The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins. I haven't heard any of these movies coming out. Uh, they've only just started coming. Like these, these are the films that they were presumably released for an Oscar qualifying run in Los Angeles and New York, right? Uh, sometime early this year or last year to make them eligible for the Oscars. Um, because they're slightly artsy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're both very good films. Well, you do have a sophisticated taste, Baxter, so this makes sense. Uh, no, I just I just do what I'm told. And they, they just go, "Here's a film that you should enjoy." I go, "Oh, yeah, okay, I'll enjoy it." Those Ooh. those two. So the first one you should go see is Nomadland, but also go and see the other two heavy movies. Do you think um, there's any kind of you know there's all sorts of types of goggles you can wear, like beer goggles and like COVID goggles. And do you think there's any kind of like cinema goggles that you've that you have like because you haven't been to a movie for so long that when you go to the cinema you're just so excited to be there that it's going to be a good time? That's definitely true. There's this there's the case of I went to see it in the cinema, so it must be good because I've invested my time and effort in going out to see this film, so it's worth it. But there's also films where I've waited a really long time to watch this, so therefore it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. For example, there's like the Avengers films. For me, it doesn't matter what they did, they're good. They were always going to be good because yep. I was waiting for them for so long. Um, and I just, I choose to ignore all of their flaws just because as a whole, they're really good. And you know what? Like uh, when Black Widow was being advertised pre-COVID, um, I was like, well, I kind of thought Endgame was the end. I didn't realise they were making more. I pres- presume they would, but I wasn't expecting it. So, oh, it's kind of pretty close. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm not not sure if I'll watch it. And now I'm like, I cannot wait to go watch Black Widow. It is going to be amazing. <laughs> it is going to be the perfect movie. I can't wait. 
oh, I'm I'm getting really excited about uh, No Time to Die, the new Blonde fit, Bond flick, Ooh. because we were going like we had it scheduled up to go f- watch for uh, for my 29th last year in April. We were like, great, it comes around, it comes out around then. We will go and watch that. It's gonna be great. Oh, it's been delayed six months. Oh, it's been delayed another another year. So at this point, it's meant to come out later this year. We'll see. Yes, yeah, so the one for us is uh, the sequel to A Quiet Place. Is that the one? A Quiet Place? A Quiet Place number two. Yeah. That's the one that we were super keen place. to watch at the start, but it's been just pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. So uh, It's out now though, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, I just haven't seen it yet. But So we've got a, uh, a listener question from listener Craig. And this, uh, this one came in about uh, four years ago, and I thought now would be a good time to answer it. <laughs> Just so you've got an idea of our, you know, our lead time. I saw there was, yeah, there was, I saw it was in my list and I was like, Jesus, we didn't get to this. Um, and the question was basically, what makes the perfect hamburger? And I've been giving this a lot of thought lately, because essentially the article is, is uh, posted to is... Uh, says, the world's first robot-made burger is served in San Francisco for $6. And this was, okay, only three years ago. I don't feel so bad. This was three years ago. So who knows? That $6 hamburger might actually be $20 now in San Francisco. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but uh, what what for you is, well, firstly, are you a burger eater? And secondly, yes. would you would you pay $6 for this? God, this webpage is full of adverts. Um, I would pay $6 for that if I... If I if what I'm looking at is the burger, I can't tell. But like, uh, there's no, there's no human workers, so like, you're not paying anyone. It's just the food. Are they allowed to charge the same mm. amount? This is American dollars, so it's probably like eight dollars Aussie. Not sure That's, how many pounds. I mean, it sounds to me, it sounds cheaper than a lot of places, but maybe it's not. I don't know. So what you're saying is, should I have to? Well, they still have to pay for the ingredients, and also you have to think about the the owner still had to build the robot which cost money so there is still sunk costs yeah interestingly it took nine years to make but it does make 400 burgers per hour is that a lot it sounds like a lot how many people does it take to make 400 burgers an hour i don't know person could probably make a burger a minute no you have to cook it and it's to cook for five minutes you have to cook it but then again Mm. you can cook more than one at once it occurred to me the other day like how many many pizzas do you think a a, a domino's can put out in a night Oh, good question. I mean, there is a hard limit. It is a machine, but uh, yeah, they they're pretty quick at it, aren't they? Like when they make it, they put their little uh, their circle around the pizza so it doesn't go anywhere, and they just chuck the stuff on it. It's pretty amazing how quick it can be done. Well, I guess what you're talking about here is the automation of jobs, and should we still have to pay the same amount for them, even though you now reduce the amount of actual work a person is having to do? Mm. And I feel like this is a conversation that's going to take longer than the amount of time we have. <laughs> but I probably would pay that because I like food. When you have your burgers, what's, I mean, have you had a bad burger? What constitutes a bad burger and what makes it a great burger? A good burger would be. What kind of bun? Uh, well, for me, brioche. I like brioche, good. Brioche. Okay. Yep. Because they're marketed well and I think they're fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much enjoy Impossible Burgers or some of the other meat-free burgers, because that way I can eat them and I don't have to go, oh, I'm eating meat. Okay. Um, but I also really enjoy beef burgers because I like them and they're tasty. So if it tastes um, like beef but isn't beef, that's the optimal for you? Yeah. The more the, the nicer it tastes, but also if it's not... like 
in an ideal world, I'd be able to go and have a burger, which would be completely plant-based, but you cannot tell. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's an interest. That's an important factor. I do also say a lot of the time, like with plant-based stuff, that you, it's not a case of can you tell it's plant-based. It's a case of is it nice? Because mm-hmm. um, once you make that the standard, it's a lot easier to to reach. There's a lot of plant-based stuff that I have that, yeah, I can tell it's not made out of meat, but also it's still quite nice. What about onion rings in your burger? Oh yeah, onion rings. Oh, what's, what's what could be the weirdest things I've had in burgers? A um, pie, hash browns. Oh, hash browns. I love a hash brown in a burger. Don't like that. Um, oh, I love hash. Browns. Okay. Barbecue. I'm always. I'm a big barbecue sauce person. Okay. Barbecue sauce or mustard or both. Not ketchup though. I don't understand this obsession with having raw onion in burgers. Interesting, like a Hungry Jack style, Burger King style raw onion. Mm. Yeah, like they put raw onion. That's all you can taste. Or pickles. Um, I do like the. Uh, I don't know the technical term, like the the Big Mac style sauce, like the it's like not mayo, but it's uh, pretty sure it's called Big Mac sauce, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's got like I guess it's got pickles in the sauce, like it's kind of like a yeah, not sure. I do like that. I don't know what it would be, but the, this the Big Mac sauce is a, it's onto its own. Although whenever I'm asking for it, I'm a case of none of that, please, because it's not barbecue sauce or mustard, and therefore I do not like it. Oh. We're out the other morning, and uh, we're going to go to this one place for breakfast. And I was super busy and you had to book and guess who didn't book? Us. And so we get there and we're like, oh, God damn it, what did I get there? Because I had my favorite burger in a breakfast menu is a um, buttermilk southern fried chicken burger. And I really wanted it and I didn't have it. So we had to go elsewhere, go across town somewhere else. And guess what was on special? Buttermilk (laughs) chicken southern fried. Oh, delicious. That's, That's my number one burger. It, it's changed over the years because it used to be my number one burger was literally all of the meat. And um, <laughs> in a way, that's still true. The cheekiness of it and just going, I want to have a burger with a beef burger, a lamb burger and bacon on it. All the animals in one, please. And cheese. I don't know why and- this is a problem. A question I have find such hard answers because you've used the superlative to say, what is the best burger and not what is a good burger? It's much easier to say what is a good burger than what is the best burger because you put a lot of pressure on it. And if I, I feel like if I get it wrong or if I think of a way it can be improved, I'm not answering the question honestly. Baxter did not think that he'd wake up on a Tuesday morning with so many difficult <laughs> questions to ask. He's like, stop grilling me, Copes. God damn it. Only one coffee in. <laughs> Next time we're recording your morning and I can ask you the existential <laughs> questions. All right, let me just say what makes my perfect burger. Okay, I'm go. just going to try and throw it out there. Rapid this is fire. what would... If, Right now, how I feel would be the perfect burger. Asterix may or may not be the perfect burger, but let's just take the pressure off. Okay, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good burger. It's going to be a brioche bun. It's going to be lightly toasted with a bit of butter on it. Mm. Then you're going to put um, you're going to put a beef burger in. Now, I prefer the beef burgers to be a bit thicker because that way they're juicier. But if you just have these little thin patties that taste like cardboard, they're not as good. So it's going to be a nice, thick beef burger. On top of that, you're going to have Two types of cheese. You're going to have just gen- actual old school cheddar, but um, mm. you're also going to have uh, Monterey Jack cheese because it's just so nice. You're then going to have some chili jam because chili jam, mm. just, it adds a bit of sweetness, but also brings in a bit of spiciness. Then just to make it actually balance out a little bit, you're going to add um, some lettuce, but also, and this is one that surprises other people, I'm going to put a bit of spinach in there because I love spinach. Maybe I might put those other way around, actually put the spinach on first. Right, so what kind of lettuce? Burger, cheese, chili jam. Cos lettuce, iceberg lettuce. lettuce? Uh, just shredded lettuce. I don't know. It doesn't really matter as long as it's cut up. And then on the top bun, it's still like the butter, remember, but you have uh, a drizzle of barbecue sauce and a drizzle of mustard. 
Now you put that all on top and you uh, put the skewer through it so it doesn't fall over and you serve it with a side of fries and onion rings. Done. And that would be my perfect burger right now, which I have Done. not put any thought into. These burgers that have the spikes in them, they're like, they're like saying, here, here's your meal. Good luck. <laughs> like it, the spikes basically a way of saying like, well, it can't sustain its own weight. So uh, you're going to have to make do. Good luck. Here's an extra serviette. If you take this out, it's now on you. <laughs> yeah. It's like a waiver for the burger. We hadn't really thought about how it was going to come together, but now that it's all stacked together, we've put the stick in it. The rest is, yeah. I'm sure you so figure it out. When You're it falls apart, up. it's on you because you took the stick out. But also, if you try eat, have you ever tried eating a burger with the stick still in? I know I have. It's a recipe for uh, going to the dentist. It doesn't work. It, it, no, it doesn't. Not a kebab burger. It's a burger. Oh, kebab. Oh, I didn't put any kebab meat in my burger. I feel like anything else would have been gratuitous, though. I could see sliders on a kebab stick and that being like a, a meal. Little Sli- burger sliders. Kebab. Are- burger kebab. No, burger kebab. 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 That's the word I'm looking for. Is that a burger made out of kebab or a kebab made out of burger? Like the local fish and chip shop I go to, when I get a burger from there, I do get the meat burger, which uh-huh. sounds so suspicious, but <laughs> what they actually mean is it's done a meat on a burger. Uh-huh. And it's. Oh, oh, oh. Nice. Love me some Donna meat. I can't believe I've managed to, in the same podcast, talk about how I'd rather go meat-free and also basically <laughs> love how I like each yeah. type of animal. I love just putting them all together into this this congealed unit that we don't really know what it is. That's what I like. <sighs> it's like when you cook a bird inside a bird, it's so good, but it's also so wrong. <laughs> well, look, in two years or however long they've said it is, it's going to be when lab-grown meat is cheaper than actual meat, then I can continue to eat meat without having to have to worry so much about the ethical dilemma of it until then everyone's scared about robots taking over the world if the robots can grow the meat and make the burger let them take over like i'm about that but you need this is where you need to be very careful that as we reduce the amount of effort required to achieve this sort of thing uh or to get so if we can continue the same amount of output whilst having less work we need to be careful to not allow removal of the means of production from the workers which means that uh, some people are going to get richer some people are going to get poorer and we're not going to be able to afford the fact that we can have cheaper burgers because we can't have jobs because there's no no jobs now robot burgers should be free they should be they should be cheap mm-hmm. but they shouldn't they need there needs to be a point where you need to actually say any input that is done by anyone they need to be fairly remunerated but also if only one person owns all the burger machines they should they get all the money from it or should mm-hmm. it go to the people who design the burger machines? Should we also just to say, look, you you don't need to, you're not spending as much money on this, so you need to sort of be more charitable with it. Yeah. If you want don't- to have a fun evening, what yeah. I recommend watching Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix. Inside? Inside. It's Inside. a new, I say it's comedy special, but it's it's not, it's more of like a, a, a it has a, a almost indie feel, but it's a film that Bo Burnham made. Um, on Netflix and it basically it's a comedy special he filmed inside his own room throughout lockdown uh, and I don't talk to many people about it because I look at it and go I'm not sure how well this hits home if you're not a 30 year old white male but I loved it well, that's good because not many people listen to this so you won't have uh, told many people anymore so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of looking at it go and watch that that's but that's that's that was what nearly threw me off into a rant about. I'm just not. I'm just going to stop there. I'm just not, not <laughs> going to say it. We should probably wrap this up. <laughs> no worries. Well, I can hear the music anyway, so that's perfect time. Burgers, love them. It had a lot of meat to that question, didn't it? 
pretty proud of that one. You know what you did. <laughs> All right. Well, what should uh, what should everyone do after listening to this episode, Mr. Coates? They should. I never prepare for this part. I've got an idea what they should do. Yeah, tell me. They should go to the Puppies and Watermelon Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And they should put their recipe for their perfect burger. Mm. Good and decision. That way we can get lots of different perfect burgers and that's going to make me very hungry and going to make me fall off the wagon and eat junk food again. So please do. Yeah, I look forward to telling everyone they're wrong. That's going to be the best part. That's that's the best bit about being on the internet, isn't it? So you can tell everyone they're wrong. Yeah, you can um, say your opinion because you're right. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what they should do. Go, go to the... Go to the Puppies and Watermelon Facebook group and post your favourite bur- or your perfect burger or mm-hmm. your much better than other burgers but not perfect because that puts too much pressure on your burger. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if there's typos. No one will, will blame you. I mean, we'll, t- we'll, we'll definitely talk about it but mm-hmm. no one's going to blame you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was good chatting, Baxt. It was good fun and uh, we should definitely do it again and hopefully this time this episode will come out in prompt <laughs> time. This will be a 2021 episode. So, uh, we'll see.